As the colors change to full, the shows just keep getting brighter on Global Voice Broadcasting. Shows about everything that matters to you. From love, living, and life. If you're talking about it, we're talking about it this fall. On Global Voice Broadcasting. Don't miss a second. It's time for Girl Boner Radio with August McLaughlin. A spicy blend of personal stories, in-depth reporting, and inspiration. Girl Boner is where good girls go for sexual empowerment. Listen in as August McLaughlin, award-winning health and sexuality writer, explores female sexual pleasure like no one else. She's the big sister slash girlfriend you've always wanted, and she loves to talk sex. Only on Global Voice Broadcasting. 44% of adults in the U.S., or over 100 million people, are single, according to census statistics. 40 million of these folks use online dating. Do y'all remember when that was completely weird and taboo? I do, and I actually dabbled in it back then anyway. Welcome back to Girl Boner Radio, where good girls go for sexual empowerment. I'm your host, August McLaughlin, and I am so thrilled to have Ashley Papa here in the studio with me today. Ashley is a news producer by day, relationship columnist by night, who covers it all, sex, dating, love, marriage, and crimes of the heart, i.e. cheating, while researching and writing about all of the latest trends in dating. Her fabulous articles can be found on foxnews.com magazine, Stylecaster, the Zeusk dating blog, and her website, ashleypapa.com. Thank you so so much for joining me, Ashley. I'm thrilled to have you here today. Thanks, August. I'm so happy to be here. All the way from New York. Is it super, way. super warm to you here? Yeah, it is. As <laughs> I'm sitting here shivering. <laughs> so funny. Um, as you know, I'm a fan of your work and I, I love what you're doing. I think it's really helpful for um, singles and everyone, for couples too, out there for sure. Um, what did you as a kid learn about <laughs> sex and dating? Well, I... I am an interesting case, although maybe not interesting. Um, I was very shy growing up. So a lot of what I learned from dating and sex was through the media because I didn't talk about it with my parents. I didn't want to. Um, I learned stuff from my friends. And, you know, I think for the sake of my parents, the fact that I was so shy, it kind of like prevented me from, you know, being too involved with the boys. But I did learn a lot from like the magazines and the TV, which just goes to show you know, the kind of influence it has is. And still does, right? Especially right. because now, you know, continually more technology is a part of that. Mm -hmm. And uh, it seems like there's this, it's like the internet has become most people's education, right? Right. For all of these things. Mm -hmm. And what led you, especially being somebody who was on the shy side growing up mm -hmm. um, to, to professionally work in this field, what drew you to this, this industry? You know, it was, it was interesting. I just got started writing about lifestyle stuff in general and hard news, of course. And my relationship topics just took an, in, like, got a lot of attention from readers that my editor was like, you just need to focus on the relationships. And I would get my ideas from my own experiences, my friends, things I'm seeing that nobody's really writing about. And, you know, it just gives me an opportunity to write about it and interview like experts about what's going on to get a professional take as well. Which is really fun. And I love you're really well balanced in your work. And it's really nice to hear different perspectives because there's really no one right way, right, to 
figure right. all this out for sure. Yeah. And, you know, it's like people don't always want to be told what to do. It might not be fit, fitting for them. So having various opinions within an article, it kind of gives people a more broader sense. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. For sure. I know you cover, you know, dating trends a lot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what are some of the, the latest, I'm sure they come out like every day, but some <laughs> of the latest trends you're seeing? Well, of course, the online stuff is very popular with the apps. It just seems like it's endless that there's always a new app out there where you can meet somebody and all different um, niche, niches like, you know, farmers. I'm sure you've seen those commercials, but there's a new one out, Bumble, where that gives women more the power to initiate the conversation. There's, you know, it's just endless and there's so many out there. So interesting. And I imagine we were talking about this a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. It's online dating brings lots of advantages mm-hmm. and some big challenges like right. um I'm sure I'm one of thousands, if not millions, who had met somebody who didn't even use their own picture. You know, you hear about those horror stories, right. but they're true. Um, you know, it can be used in so many different ways. What are some of the biggest uh, challenges you see with online dating? Well, definitely what you said is, you know, not getting what you thought you were getting from the online profile. Um, getting to the, the first initial meeting and being like, who is this person? You know, and it's a it's it's a risk, but you it's just another way of meeting somebody. And I think that the quicker you can meet this person, I call it meet and delete. So you're carrying on a conversation with them without you know without really meeting because you don't know like what they're hiding behind that text. Yeah, so just try and meet them right away, and then yes or no. So don't like linger in fantasy land of sending each other like love poetry. Is yeah, what you're saying. Well, that's, exactly. Because that's, that's dangerous. You start getting in your head, creating this idea of what somebody's like, and then they're not at all what you expected, and you just wasted all your time. Yeah. Oh yeah. Totally did that. Um, <laughs> that is, and it's easy to do because you know the mind really is the sexiest organ. It's like right. the one where we fantasize and mm-hmm. we, in all ways, romantically, physically, we imagine. And and there's this sort of premeditation when you're writing something down. It's mm-hmm. not like you're spontaneously, you know, going back and forth. So meeting somebody right away is is pretty important. Um, mm-hmm. What are some of so? Let's say that you meet somebody and you mm-hmm. sit down and there's like no chemistry. Do you do you just like try to make it like a friendly combo and just leave or how do you react to that? I think it depends on the other person as well. Like you kind of need to gauge it. Um, I'm a big stickler for, you know, speak up for yourself. If you sit down with somebody and they're nothing like their picture, you should be pissed off and you should say something. You know, you <laughs> yeah. should say like why – like. I don't know. I have no problems embarrassing somebody who puts me through that. You know, that's a really good point because simply doing that, and I think especially women are kind of raised, especially if you're, depending on your upbringing, but like in the Midwest where I'm from, Mm -hmm. especially, there's like this, you have to be so nice and polite. You don't want to hurt someone's feelings, but they just totally hurt you. And you're going to screw yourself over. I mean, I was having this conversation with a friend because she did an online dating. She, you know, she went out with her match who looked nothing like the pictures but she felt bad that she was out there with him. So she ended up spending like two hours of her time with him. And I told her, I was like, you, you just need to, you need to tell him out. You're like, call him out because somebody has to do it or else he's going to keep doing it. Yeah. No kidding. You know? I'm wasting so many people's time. Right. Is there any recovery from that? Like, let's say you go out with someone and they were just like, they really want to meet you. So they mm-hmm. put a picture of Brad Pitt's cousin or whatever, or, you know, they put yeah. someone completely not them up on their site. Mm-hmm. Is that something that can be worked out? 
You mean if there was a Let's say you have chemistry. Yeah. Do you just be like, well... I think you just need to talk about it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Have a conversation. Because if you actually have the connection, then you can be like, well, why did you do that? Yeah. You know, and totally. Hopefully their answer isn't too like psychotic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In which case, get up and leave. Yes, There's never totally. anything wrong with that. You could just be like, you <laughs> know what I did once? This is awful, but I, I can be a little bit impatient with things I've learned, but I had, it's really awful though to sit with someone who you have negative chemistry with like not even like you're they're a nice person but but just like you feel like you're uncomfortable they mm-hmm. must you must both be uncomfortable and i call, <laughs> i called my dad was like can you come pick me up and i told him i had an eye problem i was like my contacts flipping around i'm so sorry for listening out there i really no offense i'm sure you're a great person and that was really awful but it's really hard i mean our time is precious but also right. It's just a strange, strange situation mm-hmm. for sure. Let's say you sit down and there is chemistry mm-hmm. and you're feeling like, hey, this could be something that could turn into a, a relationship, a serious mm-hmm. relationship. Uh, what kind of information, you know, should you we, – we, we talked a little bit before about, mm-hmm. you know, some people – let's say somebody's looking to get married and have kids someday, you know, obviously mm-hmm. – that's something they would think about with right. a partner um, versus I know some apps like Tinder, I know has a reputation for being more for hookups and stuff like that, mm-hmm. regardless of what you use, like how much information should you share with somebody and how early? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think it depends on, you know, what, what you do want and you can kind of gauge that from probably the conversation and how you met the person or if you met them organically, you know, and this is a first date. Um, I think bringing up what you want is important. You shouldn't be ashamed, ashamed to hide the fact that you, you know, want to, you want to be married one day and you want to have kids or you don't want to have kids. That doesn't even, that doesn't necessarily mean it, that it's with that other person. Sometimes they can get in it. They think like, oh my God, she wants to marry me. She wants kids. And that's how a guy might read it. But, you know, it's, it's important to be out there like that. I think early on, because the older you get, the, you know, you don't have as much time to just kind of, you know, just, you know, explore. not know what you want and just explore. Yeah. Yeah. And when you know, by the time you're in your 30s, you should know what you want. Totally. Totally. Yeah. yeah, I agree with you completely. I think there's ways to do it without giving them the third degree. Uh-huh. Like it's not an interview, but just saying, right. you know, like I respect you and I, I like you and you mm-hmm. seem really cool and in ask you maybe just posing the question like are you right you know you could even say like some of the other people that I've dated uh really didn't want a serious relationship which mm-hmm. I totally respect but I'm in that place is that something yeah you're um, for? I think when you're when you're out on a date with somebody it's because you know you want to get to know this other person and whether or not that's just physically or you know for the long term it's you know it's still okay to talk about this stuff you know and to do it in a way that's not you know it's all about make it about you, not not them. Yeah, completely, mm-hmm. completely. And that, the way that conversation goes, I bet could say a lot about right. you know whether there's more potential, or if you mm-hmm. could talk about something that's a little uncomfortable. Yeah, exactly. Know? And if they're if they don't want to talk about it, or you know they don't know, or you know it's like well, that's probably going to gauge how the conversations will be later on. Yeah, but if absolutely. you find out the guy or girl you're with wants what you want, then that's you know great. Yeah. Completely. And then you just go gradually from there. Right. It's not like you just go to the chapel. And <laughs> yeah, no, it doesn't mean that go at to all. Vegas. Yeah, exactly. Um, so do you feel like obviously technology can help in meeting somebody hugely, especially mm-hmm. if, you know, you're not somebody who's going out mixing and mingling a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think it can also 
detract? Does it make it more challenging to meet somebody? Um, I don't know if it's so much about meeting somebody, um, but it can maybe give you, in a way, too many options. I know, like Tinder, for example, is huge in New York City, and the New York mentality is always like big, like bigger and better. So you might not give somebody a chance because you know you can go back to your phone and flip through some pictures and find somebody a little bit more attractive and instead of giving this other person a chance and actually getting to know them more. Mm. So That's interesting, flipping through pictures. That's like yeah. – I just think back to being a teenager and, you know, we didn't have – like I was in high school when the internet became in right. everyone's houses started to. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't until after high school that – there was even, there was AOL love, like a free, you know, which was fascinating, but really taboo. And, but I imagine as a teenager, how enticing would that be? Like, I'm going to flip through potential boyfriends or girlfriends, right? you know? Yeah. It's, you know, to some, it's very empowering and you lose a sense of like patience. I think patience is hard to find these days. And, you know, it's common right now for people to be texting and talking to a few people at once because they want to in search for their like right person. So you could be out with somebody thinking you're, it's going really well. Meanwhile, like they have a few other conversations going with like Tinder dates and you're just kind of like, it's like you're interviewing. That's so weird. (laughs) It's like if they looked out at their phone, it's because, oh, they just, (laughs) they're talking to another one of their Tinder ladies or whatever. That's really, really interesting. Mm -hmm. Wow. What kinds of, uh, what are some of the more common questions? Because I know a lot of people email you Mm -hmm. or I'm sure friends and also people who read your articles have questions. What are some of the common struggles people are having lately? Um, A lot of it has to do with um, like response times and, and who should text who and when and just wondering what actions mean. And I think that you can get really bogged down with all the rules that are out there. You kind of just need to think about like what you, you know, August would do. You know, if you want to text a guy who hasn't texted you in a day or two and the last, you know, the last that left off was was okay. Like you shouldn't be afraid to text somebody, you know, just because you know it's like not rule right. says not to. Yeah, and over strategizing, I feel turns right. into a game. Yeah, and I noticed, like looking back, how much game playing was in the relationships I was in that mm-hmm. were not really great. You know that did that didn't last and and turned out not good. And to to just kind of like take a breath of relief and go. I just feel like it, yeah. you know, just be a person. And it's, and doing that, um, you're being yourself and that's what you, that's like the most important thing is you have to be yourself and not conform to what, you know, some book or anything says. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just, if you want to text them, text them, call them. You know. Yeah. And if they get freaked out, then that's probably not a good match for you. Right. right? It's, it's not a good sign. You know, yeah. I, let me give you an example. The other day I was having lunch with my friend and she was going through the same situation. You know, a conversation ended on a Friday. It was now Sunday afternoon. And she thought that he would have texted her by now, setting up a plan for a date. And I'm like, well, why don't you just text him? She's like, well, I don't know. I feel like he should do it and set up the date. I'm like, I think you should just text him. Yeah. Say, hi, how's it going? Like, what what is your, you know, schedule like this week? And she texts me later that she did that after we left. And she, he had asked her out that night. So they were going on a date that evening. I was like, see all see? that drama in your head. And he might've been sitting there doing the same thing. Right. 
like, should I, shouldn't I? Yeah. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. I love that. That's, that's really important. I've heard from several girlfriends who it's like the guys they dated all read the same book, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and some of the books out there, I'm sure there are a lot of great ones, Mm -hmm. but there are some that really give some really harmful advice, like cut somebody down. Don't give them too much attention. Don't. And that to Mm -hmm. me is really scary. What are some of the the red flags in communication that we should look out for? Um, you know, there are things that a, a guy says that, like for example, the dis- disclaimer that girls tend to ignore. And that's when they might say, you know, I'm really not looking for a relationship right now. But the guy will continue to hang out with you because probably because you're a cool chick and, you know, he's just looking for the company. And a girl may think if she really likes the guy and he tells her that, that well, maybe if I hang out with him more, he'll just grow to love me. It doesn't work that way. Like the guys, if he doesn't want a relationship, he doesn't want a relationship. And you do, you need to walk away. That's cool that he told you. So it's like, yeah. don't let the action, you know, if they're saying one thing and the actions are doing something else, mm-hmm. then really looking at it and saying, am I? Because that's the whole thing about expecting like you're going to change somebody. Mm-hmm. That's really not a good way to go into a relationship, right? No, I mean, and the guys should like, or, or girls should want to be with you and like, shouldn't have to feel like you need to do the work to change them. Yeah. I mean, that's not normal. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, you wrote an article that was really interesting about how taking a break from sex can benefit couples, yeah. which I thought was really interesting. <laughs> uh, what, what are some of the main benefits? Why would somebody want to do that? Well, um, you know, it would be very challenging if you're used to having regular sex, which you should be because that's what goes into a healthy relationship. But if you look at um, how long distance relationships, you know, someone goes away, like a spouse or significant other goes away for a few weeks or months business trip, the, when you really love each other and you don't have that, you're not having sex, you like you, that it builds up that desire. So if you'd imagine that with the um, taking a break from sex, if both of you can make it work, it's kind of like that. And it also gets you back to um, making the relationship more or not just about the physical. So you're doing more talking. You're connecting emotionally again. And, you know, just make sure that you're both game to do it because you don't want to be denying the other person um, because you want to create this, like build up this desire. Meanwhile, they're like just yearning for sex and they're not happy. Yeah, that's not good. So make it a a couple decision. Like this would be a fun thing to kind of spice things up. And and even to like, you know, kiss. And I've I've heard from some people that – the only time they ever kiss is when they have sex. Mm -hmm, So to go back to like, actually there was comedian, uh, Troy Rawlings was in the studio with me recently and we were talking about the definition of making out. Mm -hmm. He didn't know what it was. And it was like, it's interesting because some people think making out is sex or Mm -hmm. making out is, but to me, making out has this sort of like youthful innocence because Mm -hmm. we tend to do it more when we aren't having sex yet. Right. So I think what a cool way to build that emotional and physical intimacy to, you know, just be kissing with clothes on, yeah. for example. Mm-hmm. That's pretty hot. Totally. And, you know, a lot of, you know, like you were just saying, kissing only when you have sex, it's like usually, I mean, just stop and have a good makeout session. Totally. Know, without it leading to sex. You know, yeah. see if you can do that and like go hold hands or something. I imagine know, the anticipation would be huge because I've right. actually read too that there was some study that showed that thinking about having sex or thinking about kissing somebody passionately mm-hmm. can be more powerful than the act itself. 
I imagine. So <laughs> that would be pretty hot to have, especially mm-hmm. if you've been in a relationship for a while, you right. know, to, to try that and just to see like, hey, for Lent, why don't we give up sex? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or for whatever reason. I don't know why I said Lent. I'm not Catholic. <laughs> Anyways, um, <laughs> um, what are some other uh, dating habits? One you mentioned uh, before we started, you mm-hmm. mentioned something about phone use, which I thought was really interesting because I feel like we don't use our phones to talk very mm-hmm. much anymore. At least right. I don't as much. Um, do you think that phone conversations can play an important role in dating? Yeah. Um, like verbally. Um, yes, definitely. Cause right now it's all about texting conversations, you know, and you don't really gauge anything from that about the other person. And I think that when you talk to somebody on the phone, you learn a lot about them. You know what their voice sounds like, you know, you can kind of gauge if they're smiling on the phone. Um, you know, we're in the media business. You can kind of you get a lot from somebody's. You can hear a lot about somebody through their voice. So if they're smiling, they sound different than when they're, you know, frowning or you know just not interested or distracted. So even if you haven't had a chance to meet up with the person yet, get on the phone and talk to them. See how much time they give to you. See if they're distracted by something else. You know, see if how long you stay on the phone for, you know, and if you're on the phone for like over an hour or two hours, you know, it's a, it's a good sign. And you build a bond that way at first too. I can see that. So then when you go into that first meeting in person, you kind of already know, you know, there's a little bit of comfort there. Yeah. So it's not as nerve wracking and you you know what to expect a bit more. I feel like you can really feel chemistry on the phone. Whereas Mm -hmm. if it's words with emoticons, they could be like, talking to another tinder girl at the I same know. time <laughs> like you meant to send uh that to somebody else but you'll do <laughs> yeah that happens i'm sure right all the time and you know you can you can just hide behind the text messages yeah you know, it's very passive aggressive and you know use the texting to just you know set up make a plan or something i mean it's good when you don't have the chance to talk to each other if you're busy at work and you want to send messages back and forth but don't make it a habit you know yeah. of getting into these lengthy conversations on your cell phone. That's a really good point because I do think texting can be a great, it's like a supplementary part of a mm-hmm. relationship, not the main thing, right. you know, like especially if you if you have to be apart, it's a nice way to stay in touch. Mm-hmm. But if, especially if you're online dating and mm-hmm. that's the bulk of your relationship, right? you know, how do you know what's really going on? Exactly. And yeah. it can make somebody like people anxious, you know, you don't get a text back right away. What does it mean? Like there's so much more that goes into it that's very unnecessary. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, what about breakups? Uh, do you feel like I've heard it from a few people, you know, they got a breakup email mm-hmm. or something. Uh, is that common? Nowadays, yeah. I mean, you hear about like the ghosting phenomena, which is, you know, when they don't say anything, they just kind of go, you know, they vanish almost like. Oh, that happened to me right? once. It's the weirdest thing. I know. Because you're like, do I send out a missing person's report? Right. Like, where is this person? <laughs> like, I had to call this guy's friend mm-hmm. and be like, is he alive? Like, yeah. you know, and he just like disappeared. I didn't even know there was a term for it until actually you, your article. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's crazy. Just people have gotten, they turn into like wusses, you know, just if you can't even, if you don't have the opportunity to tell somebody face to face, you know, at least call them, you know, and. You owe that person a little bit of respect. And if you haven't even been dating long enough, then you shouldn't really, then it should be even more okay to let them down. Like, yeah, I'm I'm not feeling this because you haven't committed that much time. But, you know, to to just break up via text, it's just very, 
you know, again, passive aggressive and you're a wuss if you do that. There should be like a, there probably is a ghosting site. This, this person ghosted me, you know, because that's just knowing that I wonder if that would be a question you would ask at a first date. Like, have you ever ghosted somebody? I mean, that's just such a weird, because I think it says so much. Obviously there's a lot of insecurity there. Oh yeah. Well, they're afraid of confrontation and you're not really going to it's not even that much co- confrontation they're going to get. You're just telling the other person you're not interested, yeah. you know, but yeah, it's just, it brings closure to the both of you rather than the other person sending out a search team or doing some online stalking to find out if you've died. You yeah. <laughs> or if you're on Instagram kissing some other person. Right. Or- <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. And if they come back to you after a period of ghosting, you probably should not get right back in. Yeah. Right? I would, you know, I, well, you should tell them off. I'm all about that. Yeah, I mean, let them like. I love that you're so New York. You just like just say it. Just yeah. <laughs> just put them in their place. They need to hear it from somebody, or else they're going to keep doing it. Yeah, becomes epidemic, yeah. Or a, a bad behavior mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some of the other kind of dating horror stories you've either heard or experienced? You know, I have one that I'll tell you. Um, my one friend met a guy through online dating in New York, and he had a very bizarre fetish that she found out when she went back to his apartment. She walks in and he has, like, this is an older man, like in his 30s, banker guy in, a, you know, Midtown, like Park Avenue. She walks into his apartment and he has stuffed animals everywhere, uh, like all on his couch. And she said that one morning, um, she, you know, she, she looked at it as kind of uh, – I don't know why she didn't just leave. <laughs> I bet it was one of those weird, like, is that I'm trying to be really nice or yeah. am I in shock? Like, what is it? Maybe you have kids that you didn't tell me about. Yeah. I, I think she's a very nice girl. I think it was more like, oh, I don't want to make him feel like a weirdo. Yeah. So um, she ended up still going out with him or went out with a, him a few times. And then I guess one morning she was laying in bed with him and he pulls out a stuffed animal and started to pretend talk with it. And that's when she knew she couldn't do this anymore, like being nice. Like, you know, there's no point. <laughs> that, you know what's Crazy. so interesting about that is like I feel like if I had a stuffed animal fetish, mm-hmm. I would probably tell the person before we had sex. Like yeah. in such – like you could be like, you know how everyone has some sort of, you know, fetishes, fantasies. Right. I happen to really love getting down and busy with some stuffed bears. Like I, I feel yeah. like – I would feel – it's so interesting that your friend felt very protective of his feelings. Yeah. But I would be totally concerned that this person's going to be freaked out if I pull out my little pony. Right. I know. That sounded weird. But, but you know. The fact that he thought it was like normal and, you know, what is really going through his mind when he like brings her up there and hasn't told her about his stuffed animal collection at 39. Yeah, because then it's like, what else also is he not saying? Which is always the case when whether it's a picture that's not really them Mm -hmm. or some – because it's almost like he wanted to sneak up on her with his fetish instead of like, if I can get her in here, then she's going to love the bears and the bunnies Mm -hmm. and the whatevers. But, um, (laughs) wow, I've heard there's another thing. I forgot what it's called. Where people like to have sex dressed up as a- they're dressed in those big animal costumes. Okay. Well, I don't I- even know how that works because you'd need like big holes. Yeah. Or, you know, one hole, two holes, I guess. Yeah. I something. <laughs> Unless so you're pleasuring fun. yourselves. I don't know. It's, there's, and, and with all due respect to, you know, if, as long as your fetish or fantasy is not hurting somebody else, right. I think it's great. Um, but it shouldn't be secret. Like it shouldn't mm-hmm. be the secret little, that would, be, that would scare me actually. Cause then it's yeah. like, 
not only is it it's a it's a bit obscure, but if mm-hmm. it's obscure and somebody s- presents it in such a way as like because we all have our quirks, mm-hmm. but to be so secretive, right? Because like you said, you don't know what else they're hiding. You know what what are they going to pull out next? So then she left. Then that was it with him. And she ended up meeting her boyfriend of five years shortly after. So you have to go through, I guess, some weirdos like that. Sometimes you do, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes you really do. It's like they say, the prize is always worth the rocky ride. <laughs> you yeah, know, if you – sometimes, and you learn a lot, I mm-hmm. think, from every relationship. And I, I learned a lot from the, the difficult ones mm-hmm. about myself because I think a lot of times it's really true that we are – in some, sometimes you just meet somebody, it's a bad fit or mm-hmm. they're maybe – you know, a harmful person or something. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times it's just where you are in your growth, where you are in your process. And there's things we need to learn. And I've learned a lot from single periods. I've learned a lot from um, the actual relationships. And then you Mm -hmm. appreciate the good ones. Oh, definitely. So much more. And you can kind of, you know, looking back at your relationships, you can gauge like this, like the similarities in all the ex-boyfriends. And then, well, so I'm dating all these guys who, like, always choose their job over me and, like, don't want to commit. Like, what does that say about me? Like, maybe I don't really want a commitment. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Know? Or maybe I don't feel I'm worthy of someone committing to me. Right. Or maybe it's – but whatever. Is there something to mm-hmm. learn? Because yeah. if it keeps teaching you but mm-hmm. you're not listening, then yeah. it'll keep happening for sure. Yeah. For sure. Because I definitely see that correlation. And friends, too. It's like as they grow – and a lot of times it's – when you're not even looking, that whole cliche. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's great to be out and dating and making all these efforts and everything if that's what you want to do. But it's also, I think, important to just really pursue your own passions, right? Yeah. You yeah. never know when you're going to meet someone. Right. And, you know, I I, fo- I wrote an article recently on um, sexy workouts. But the point of it was to bring the focus back to yourself and feeling, you know, more confident and sexual about yourself. So there's these new workouts that are you know, trending and yeah. it really makes you channel your sexual energy. So where you don't feel that like kind of needy and, you know, like, oh, I want to, I want a boyfriend or I want to be somebody or with somebody or I feel alone, you know, yeah. it's putting, focusing on yourself again and, and feeling whole. Right. First, yeah. I don't believe in the whole <clears throat> two halves make the person, you know, right. it's like two holes make a couple, right. If that's what you want. And I think it's, um, it's really important. What were some of those exercises? Or yeah, so one is called O Yoga. So that <clears throat> is a um, it, there's one woman who teaches in New York City, and then the woman who founded it is based in LA. So it's out here as well, and that focuses a lot on yoga poses as well as Kama Sutra, like moves <clears throat> with the within the hips. So it focuses a lot on the, like pelvic region. And um, another one was booty yoga. It's kind of the same thing, but it's a little more of a cardio workout. And then there's also like, these aren't new, but like belly dancing and pole dancing. They're very, they're good workouts. They, but they like add a bit of um, sexual, you know, appeal to them because you're like, you get to, you know, like, in, you know, be sexy against the pole or like your yeah. belly dance. Express yourself. Right. And be sensual. Exactly. And mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's really powerful. I've thought about there's that S factor out here in L.A. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've thought about that. Um, it looks really it actually looks really challenging. It is hard. I've done it. Have you? <laughs> yes. Is it? So I imagine everyone you go in and everyone is like already amazing at it. Do they have they must have mm-hmm. beginners? Yeah, they're uh, there's definitely beginners. A lot of those moves are very, you know, it's almost like gymnast level moves. So if you're just looking to um, do something new and feel sexy, you find at the beginner level, you'll 
just learn about some of the spins on the on the pole, which is fun. Some easy climbs, you know, that, you know, doesn't take a lot of uh, muscle strength. And at the same time, you're going to feel sexy because, like, you know, you kind of fantasize about these, like, these, like, strippers. Like, you know, that's what pole dancing, like, reminds you of. But so you guys to kind of role play a little bit like that. Maybe even take that into the bedroom later because now you have all the sexual confidence. Yeah, that's so fun. And also when you try something new, I love this, all the – you get the same br- brain chemistry um, releases mm-hmm. as you do when you're falling in love. So you get right. that dopamine and you get – so doing it alone or as a couple mm-hmm. I think could be really cool, you know, just to, yeah. to spice things up. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and I think I'm a big believer in making exercise fun. I'm not one of those people who's like, I used to run mm-hmm. all the time because I thought I had to. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I thought it was the thing I had to do to be fit and to look a certain way, but I hated it. Mm-hmm. I hated it. And, uh, now sometimes I'll run because of the company I'm with or with music or, or something. But I have found that it's so much more enjoyable to do stuff you actually really enjoy. So right. if for you that is running, then do that. But to do something that fun and playful where it's like the exercise is almost frosting. Like it's not, yeah. I'm sitting here counting my calorie burn, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, that's not fun. And you think about like all day long, we're, we're working, we have, we're doing stuff we have to do as adults. So, you know, why not try and any way you can do something during the day that's all about what you like to do, like I would do it. You know, same with me with working out. I do not like the gym. I don't like running at all, but I love hiking in the outdoors. So anything I can do outdoors, like and I'll end up doing longer. Like I'll go for a two-hour walk, whereas in the gym I'd spend, you know, an hour because I don't really want to be there. Yes. You know? Yeah. You're like, please, please make this end <laughs> right. instead of, exactly. yeah, completely. Yeah. I'm with you. Mm-hmm. That totally makes sense. What's mm-hmm. your idea of a perfect date? So I... You know, I'm not a big dinner, going out to dinner person once in a while, but I really like doing stuff together. So I'm all about, like, you know, maybe cooking together or having the guy kind of go out of his way a little bit for me. So maybe have him cook me dinner. Like, it's not about the money. And I think doing things that you can, like, bond over, like hiking, for example, snowboarding. I like stuff like that. I love hiking. Isn't it great? Yeah. It's so fun. And you were recently in Utah, was it? Yeah, southern Utah. So beautiful to be able to just be out in nature, and especially with our overabundance of technology, right? I know. To like unplug a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, I couldn't – I was never – I've never been like in that like quiet of a space, and I don't even know how long since I was a child maybe. I know. Isn't it weird mm-hmm. to actually have – It's a, sometimes I like giggle to myself thinking of how now we have to like buy a – meditation class or go to like we have to Mm -hmm. seek these spaces where for centuries and centuries it's all people they were so mindful of everything Mm -hmm. and now it's like to try to find quiet Mm -hmm. is is really hard but and if you can do that for yourself I think it's really good Mm -hmm. and what a cool way to to build intimacy also because you you aren't kind of I've seen people on dates texting right you know like they're talking but they're also staring at their phone. I know. It shows a lot about how that relationship <laughs> is going. I yeah. had one of my one of my former interns, she was a waitress and she wrote an article for me. Like I assigned it to her on um like signs that like a relationship is not gonna work out based on like what waiters and waitresses observe in restaurants. So she picked up so she noticed like like whenever you see a couple and like one person's texting more and they both aren't on their phone like 
you know, that's a sign that the relationship's not going to go anywhere. And they're all kind of like their own ideas, but they, they, you know, they're poignant. That's pretty, yeah, that's, Mm -hmm. that's pretty true. I think, Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that says a lot, especially you're out in public. So imagine if you were at home, is that the couple that like you're in different rooms all the time when you're, you know, or they're just, they're afraid. One of the, one of them is, is afraid of looking like a couple out in public, which you don't want either. You want to be with somebody who wants like the world to know that you're together. Yes. You know? That's a really good point. Mm-hmm. I had thought of that. Yeah. We're not really on a date. We're yeah, just kind of like really ended up girlfriend. at the same table. <laughs> oh, yeah. You guys, if that happens to you, if someone like doesn't want to, I had one boyfriend who wouldn't call me gr- girlfriend when mm-hmm. we were a couple and it just was always so weird to me. But again, I never really did anything about it at the time. Mm-hmm. And looking back, it's like, yeah, if you aren't, everyone has different PDA levels right. where they're comfortable mm-hmm. and that's okay. But if there's like embarrassment, mm-hmm. that's a big red flag, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, they're, or if like they're, they're only seeing you late at night. Like I get it. We all have busy schedules. We're, we're all busy. And I hate when people use those as an excuse for something. But, you know, if you're only seeing, person like off hours never on the weekends and never like in public you know you're being used (laughs) yeah probably probably. and I think we always know on some level like there is something in our gut and I feel like technology also takes away from this because we're not as in tune like even things like going hiking or walking Mm -hmm. without awareness like if you're always listening to music in both ears Mm -hmm. um or you know you're we're not, or if we're out alone walking as a woman and you're always on your phone, how do you, f- you don't feel someone coming up like behind you, you know? Right. So like the whole instinct, no matter what it is on a date, it's like something tells you, like, mm-hmm. listen to that, right? Yeah, definitely. You know, I think like you were just saying, the phones take away a lot of our like natural tendencies these days. Like you have to download apps to tell you like how good you're feeling. It's like, well, maybe if I just be more <laughs> mindful of myself. Are there really you know? apps like that? I'm, I'm sure, sure there, there are. are. Okay, of course. I like, will find one. I'm so I'll... twisted. Now I'm going to use it. I'm like, that's terrible. I'm going to try it. <laughs> Just to see if it's right. You know? Yeah. It's like horoscopes. I read them at the end of the day to mm-hmm. see if it matches. Like, I don't want to, you know. But anyway, that's really interesting. It's yeah. true. Like, you don't actually need an app for everything. Well, I have this, um, going back to the meditation, like, I want to meditate more. I'm trying to. And I agree. Like, you don't need, like you know, download download an app, go to a class to do it. You should just kind of realize how to do it. But anyway, I have this guided guided meditation app on my phone and it kind of tells me the same thing. It like asks me some questions and then it tells me how I'm feeling. And this is the meditation I should do. Like, oh, that's all right. interesting. I might like that too. Actually, I should say apps and a meditation app is what helped me finally meditate. Well, and it was because it guided me. Right. So it, it's called Simply Being and okay. it's like, it'll be, because it, it was so intimidating for me to sit still mm-hmm. at first. It took me years to get to that point where I could. So literally it'll be like five minutes a day mm-hmm. and it's hugely helpful. Yeah. And no, now I, I'm not so dependent on the app, but I still like it. So yeah. it's that fine line, right? It's good for uh, learning, you know, and then you can probably do without it or just use the music on it. Yeah, you know, exactly. environment. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, so before we wrap up with a mm-hmm. couple of last uh, questions, uh, we have a Ask Dr. Megan segment. 
quick little break here. Our resident expert sex and relationship therapist, Dr. Megan Fleming, received this interesting message from a listener regarding masturbation who asked if we would address it on the show. So Brad wrote this, whenever I see articles on masturbation, it always discusses it from the female perspective on the female body as if it were normal and acceptable, while for men, it still seems viewed as taboo or creepy. Brad thinks this is a double standard. I thought this was so interesting because I've personally found and and lots of studies show that women tend to be a lot more shameful of masturbation, whereas it is just expected of guys. So I wonder, Brad, if you're finding fewer articles encouraging or celebrating guys' masturbation because it's really perceived as such a given. I think women still actually need a lot more empowerment in that area, but I do think, you know, however we feel is is important to respect. Um, I also find it interesting that I was thinking about your question and the way that masturbation is um, depicted in films and TV. And I noticed there is a lot of shame often or upset when like a woman walks in and say her, her male partner is masturbating and she like freaks out um, as though it's like a substitute for her or it's something wrong. So I do think that there is that kind of stigma, which is unfortunate because I think in general, self-stimulation Usually, as long as it's a healthy habit, that's what it is. It's healthy. It's totally embraceable. And it's a way that we can learn about our bodies and and get more closely connected with somebody else, too. Uh, Here's what Dr. Megan had to say about your message. Thanks, Brad, for this question. Um, And it's a great question. But I think the part that most resonates with me is the fact that from your perspective, and that is your reality, and I totally respect that, it feels that uh, the idea of male masturbation is viewed as taboo or creepy. So I can only say that from sort of the academic literature, I, I don't have that data, but I, I can appreciate whether it's in the media or certainly your own experience is viewed as that way. And most importantly, I absolutely recognize that in relationship, often women are very confused about male masturbation or use of pornography because sometimes they feel as if, wait, is he not attracted to me? Um, or as if there's anything in any way wrong with that. And I think the biggest thing is for both men and women to feel empowered, to feel pleasure in their bodies. And whether that's with a partner or whether it's on your own, it's to recognize the value of, uh, feeling pleasure and knowing that you don't always have the opportunity to be there with your partner or what are the ways that you enjoy giving pleasure to yourself. So, um, again, I, I, I wish I had more to say on the how or why from a cultural perspective, you're feeling that for men it's taboo or creepy, but I think that whether for you or for women or for men anywhere, it's just the recognition that no matter what messages you got from your family, from religion, um, from culture or from the media that, again, some, some cultures and even religion s- specifically prohibits masturbation and so, or spilling of the seed. And so I think it's important to recognize where does the role of self-pleasuring fit in your own life and recognizing that in my mind is a God-given right to feel pleasure in your body. Um, and so giving yourself the permission, the time, the opportunity to explore your own personal turn-ons and, uh, again, importantly, giving yourself that permission. And when and if you're in a relationship, explaining to your partner, because typically it may be a desire discrepancy, so that if you're masturbating, it doesn't in any way indicate that I don't prefer or desire you. It just means 
sometimes you're not available or we don't have the time and what makes sense about my experience, my own pleasure, but importantly, keeping, preserving, uh, that energy so that I desire you and make time for our relationship. I hope that answers your question. Thanks. Thanks so much, Dr. Megan. Uh, very insightful as always. I hope it helped you out, Brad. For more from Dr. Megan, make sure to visit her website, greatlifegreatsex.com. So Ashley, I would love to hear. I know that there are many listeners out there mm-hmm. hoping to meet, quote, the one. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's some of your top advice for them? Well, I think you need to, uh, you know, be open to different ways of finding the one because, like, again, nowadays everyone is busy. Everyone has different schedules, so you don't know if the person, your Mr. or Mrs. Wright, is working just an odd job. So maybe in that sense, maybe online dating is, is best for you. I think getting involved and doing things that of your interest will help you meet somebody who has the same interests in you, like get involved in a, like a meetup. You know, if you're into like snowboarding or art, going to museums, anything like that, find meetups with people who do the same thing. So I think just being open and putting yourself out there more, but not in a way that's uncomfortable to you will, um, you know, help, you know, present some more options for you and be honest with yourself and what you want. So if you're, don't waste your time with anybody again, like if you are out with somebody and it's not jiving, then, you know, let them know and don't don't push anything. You know, you can't force like puzzle pieces together that aren't meant to be together. So that's great advice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because if you do, then eventually right. the puzzle won't fit and then you have to undo it all. Yeah. The and... picture is not right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a little skewy. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so mm-hmm. much. And thanks for all the wonderful thoughts. Oh, of course. It's been super, super fun for me. Uh, where can we learn more about you? Well, just, you can just go to my website, www.ashleypapa.com. It's all there. Awesome. Wonderful, Mm -hmm. wonderful. Um, To easily find that link and other show extras, including links to some of Ashley's awesome articles, hop over to my website, augustmclaughlin.com. To support our mission to celebrate and explore women's sexuality and get some awesome intimacy products at the same time, click the Good Vibrations ad and shop away. If you're enjoying Girl Boner Radio, please subscribe on iTunes so you will never miss a beat. If you dig what we're saying here and what we're all for, we really appreciate ratings and reviews. And while you're at it, why not spread the word to your friends? Thank you so much for listening all and have a beautiful Girl Boner Embracing Week.